Hey everyone, welcome to episode 114 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Dr. David Zlotnick, the Chief Medical Officer and Co-Founder at Med and Beyond. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring him on. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? Hi, great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited for us to chat. Uh, you are our second overseas guest. Uh, we had someone from uh, Allo Doctor, the, the founder and CEO of Allo Doctor, which is out of uh, was it Jakarta, Indonesia, came on several months ago. But uh, I'm excited for, for us to connect and to have you on. I think we should dive right into it. I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about you and your background, and then we'll talk about Med and Beyond. Sure. Hi, my name is uh, Dr. David Zlotnick. Uh, I'm born and raised in uh, Montreal in Canada, and I did my uh, specialties in both uh, family medicine and emergency medicine. Um, and I worked at uh, one of the biggest uh, emergency rooms in Canada called the Jewish General Hospital uh, in Montreal. I uh, went to McGill University, uh, where I'm still currently a uh, Assistant Professor of Family Medicine uh, at McGill. And uh, currently I am the Chief Medical Officer here at Med and Beyond, uh, which we'll, we'll get into. Uh, we're a telemedicine and uh, telehealth uh, startup, um, really focusing on providing uh, care to the un and underinsured. That's, that's really our target population that we're looking to, to, to help. Uh, yeah, we're, we're really we're really excited to, to hear more about Men and Beyond. Um, yeah, that's that's cool that you're so you're still a professor uh, at the university today. Um, yeah, still affiliated with the uh, with Google University. How has that been being uh, teaching remotely, or were you teaching remotely even before? So I know I would uh, I would actually go there and I spend part of my year uh, teaching a residence there. And uh, unfortunately, with COVID, that's sort of been put on hold for the last uh, 13, 14 months. But uh, plan on going back as soon as you know things are able to. Very cool. Well, I I appreciate the intro. I'd love if you could give us the, you know, the the quick description of Med and Beyond, what you're trying to do, um, and I guess where you're currently live today in the United States. Sure. So here at Med and Beyond, you know, we really started uh, Med and Beyond with a, you know, with the belief that. Uh, Medicine is a, and healthcare is a fundamental human right, and everyone deserves to have the highest quality care. And unfortunately, in the United States, that isn't always uh, the case. And that's really where we're coming from. And uh, we, uh, again, we, like I mentioned before, we're really looking to provide uh, telehealth services uh, for the underinsured and the uninsured, uh, which is a huge population in the States, about 80 million people fall into that category. Um, and so we decided to start uh, our journey um, into, into the in, uh, in the telehealth space, really looking at the more acute and primary care. Um, so doing the sort of urgent care uh, kind of med medicine. And that's where we are at this point. Uh, we're currently live in five states. Uh, we're live in uh, New York, New Jersey, Florida, Michigan, and North Carolina. And in the next uh, few months, we'll be expanding to Texas, California, and Pennsylvania. So we're very excited about that. And, you know, we really see this, uh, urgent care, sort of primary urgent care as a first stepping stone uh, into our real vision and our real goal, which is to be really the world's first uh, digital HMO. We really want to provide all the possible services we can uh, in the digital space, 
and of course, you know, we'll have partnerships uh, in the real world as well, not just, not just in the digital world in order to make that happen. Um, but we really see uh, and put a big focus on the long-term relationship with the patient, as opposed to just sort of a one-time visit uh, and help the patient uh, with the issue they have now. We really want to build a relationship, a rapport, get to know our patients, and uh, slowly uh, add on more and more um, clinics uh, into our HMO so we can really give a full range of services. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a different approach than uh, there's there's a lot of companies in this space, right? So you, you guys have taken a unique approach. Uh, I think you started out with some great states, right? Yeah. You have a good mixture of uh, the ability to see a lot of patients in those different states. And obviously with the addition of Texas, California, and PA, um, yeah. I'm not in your strategy meeting, but th those make a lot of sense, right? <laughs> uh, the, you, you list a lot of the states where you want to be live in uh, mm -hmm. for offering telehealth services. Um, can you talk us through how, how things work? So I, I've had the opportunity to like check out the application. Um, it, you really seem like you, you spent some good time on design, which is a, it shouldn't be a rarity in, in healthcare, but I feel like it is. Uh, can you talk about like when a patient signs up, uh, what that process looks like? Sure, absolutely. So the, of course, the, the, the user experiences are super important for us. And uh, how it works is the patient downloads our application, our app on their phone. Um, and they, their first stage is uh, we collect some, obviously, some, some demographic information. And then they interact with our uh, bot. We have an AI chat bot. And sort of, sort of like a symptoms, goes to a triage symptoms and uh, asks them questions depending on what their, uh, what their initial complaint is. Uh, those uh, answers are recorded and then displayed to the doctor. We have our own EMR that we created. And the doctor is able to see the, uh, the results of the uh, EMR of the chatbot, uh, the AI chatbot, and able to so that that's displayed to the doctor, and the doctor then uses the that AI and interacts with the patient on a video call. And so, uh, you know, for us, it's very important uh, that every visit is is a video chat with the, with the doctor at this point. You know, I think that there's a lot for us. It's very important, and it's a very big part of medicine to be able to see someone and have a connection with them, um, and even to help diagnose uh, someone. I think it's very important to have just a, a look at them. And so that's sort of uh, one of our visions. And, and so every visit ends with a video chat and a treatment. What, uh, what I guess, type of, uh, are, are you already going after today those uh, underserved and I get, what'd you say, underinsured and- Uninsured, uninsured and underinsured populations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are. We do that in various ways, whether whether it's our, our marketing, uh, which is obviously a big part of, all, of it all, as well as our price point. And we've, we've been able to bring down the price point uh, to about half of what the competition is or what are the other, uh, the other players uh, in, uh, you know, in the competitive space and to really target that, that population um, in that way. So again, we're looking at it in the pricing model as well as in the messaging model when it's coming to talk to those uh, uh, those populations. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think obviously price, uh, a, a nice design, and then yeah. helping out the people that you know need the service the most. I think those are kind of three interesting pillars uh, yeah. to uh, to set the company up for success. Uh, are you still actively seeing patients? Yeah, I still actively see patients as well um, in the real world and the digital world as well. I think my, my, you know, I've been seeing doing telemedicine. I, guess I like to say I've been doing telemedicine for about 20 years. I mean, that's way before the, you know, the telemedicine that we know it. Uh, there's, I, you know, as I mentioned, I uh, did my training in Canada 
and I uh, would spend quite a bit of time working in the Arctic Circle with the Inuit populations up there. And and at that time, you know, when it, when it was telemedicine, it was actually telephone medicine. You know, you'd have a, you'd be in one village and they'd call you the nurse practitioner, where amazing you know uh, providers of care would be in a smaller village and would call. And you know, we had to deal with all kinds of interesting and complicated medical issues just on a phone call. There was no video call. There was you know none of that at that point. Um, so that was really the early days of uh, telemedicine. And so it's quite amazing to see where we are today, where we can have a, you know, a video chat with a patient and really get to see them. And you know, there's, today there's so many different uh, wearables and other kinds of uh, technologies. We're able to monitor the patients even in a, in a closer way. So it's been a pretty an exciting uh, time <laughs> having seen it from the early days of picking up a phone to today. Yeah, every, every time I would, going back, I guess, let's, let's say, before the pandemic. Sure. It's not that telehealth wasn't moving forward. It was moving forward. But I think the pandemic really helped to propel it. Like now every healthcare conversation I hear about what the future of healthcare look, looks like, I hear it from a like a virtual first approach with everything, right? right? Or at the very least a hybrid, which I think hybrid models will, will do really well. Uh, but you're not hearing about just traditional, like we need to put together like this uh, brick and mortar facility 100%. And this is where patients are going to go for everything. Like, I, I think those days are gone. I think we're going to be hybrid or totally virtual. We're not, well, it, as virtual as we can be for, for certain visits, right? Like primary care, you can, a lot of those visits can be virtual unless there's a, a serious issue. Someone needs to go in and get something checked out or, or take a scan, right? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that COVID did was really educate the population about telemedicine. I mean, it was, it was there, but all of a sudden you had like, you know, sort of like a decade jump in, in, in learning and like understanding and in acceptance, you know, sort of in the, in the early days, telemedicine, telemedicine was always seen as, you know, sort of a peripheral aspect of uh, the medical industry and the medical care. And all of a sudden, you know, COVID sort of forced that, that uh, acceptance of it uh, in a way that all of a sudden people realized, wow, you know, I'm not going to go waste hours driving, parking, sitting to get a prescription refill when that's all, all they're really the doctor is doing, for example, in that thing or, or other uh, medical conditions that could be easily treated uh, via video visit. And I just think that's not going to be acceptable to the population anymore after learning that, you know, it's just not, it's just, you know, it's just not efficient. And, uh, you know, certainly I don't, you know, there are many things that you still need to be examined for, and there are things in medicine that you still need to be see, see a, a physician or provider in, uh, in real life, but there is a large, large percent of uh, medicine that can be done, uh, you know, via the, the virtual in the digital world. And, uh, you know, I think that we're just going to see that increase over the next few years. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll have people that forgo a standard yearly checkup, right? That even just hopping on a call or, or video chat, right? With a, a provider once a year, just that that's it. That's better than what they're currently at too, right? To, to get some level of like checking in, is everything feeling fine, right? Um, and then be able to, to push them towards uh, that in-person care for, for scans and whatever else they need, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at the, especially the population that we're targeting where, you know, We've seen you know, people, like you said, foregoing their annual checkups or foregoing basic care, or even getting to a point where they're in a critical illness because they haven't done the, you know, they haven't seen a, seen a physician early enough. So if we're able to provide it in an efficient manner, uh, in a digital way, as well as in, a, in an affordable way, uh, targeting, you know, the po these populations that need it the most, then, you know, I think that we're able to really 
you know, contribute something great to the system. And that's really what our goal is. What are some of the things that you're most excited about where, you know, almost we just started month three of the year. What are some of the things you're most excited about as we get into 2021 for the company? I think that the expansion to other spaces besides the uh, urgent and uh, the primary energy care that we do now, we're really expanding to different clinics and having, we're looking at how we're uh, in the process of opening family plans where you'll be able to have a whole family on the app. And we're looking into having, um, as well, we'll be starting uh, sort of a dedicated family doctor. So not just as an urgent care, you know, one of the uh, comp sort of complaints or issues that patients often bring up about telemedicine is that they're, you know, every time they have an issue, they see a different doctor. So we'll be able to be provide uh, a family physician and that patients can see a dedicated family physician and make appointments with their own family doctor and be followed uh, by someone they know. And that creates a whole different um, relationship and a whole different, uh, you know, feeling of being cared for when you have the same family physician caring after you, caring for you time after time. So I, I'm really excited to be able to, to provide that service, especially to a population who normally didn't have access to that. So that's one of the, you know, many exciting clinics and, uh, and other services we'll be providing on the platform in the coming year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, and, and a lot of these things that you're excited about, the goal for, for our audience is to have you and other members of your team on multiple times so we can kind of focus in on different areas, but at the same point, not ask them to listen to a 40 minute podcast, right? So that's why we're separating it into different chunks. So I'm excited to, uh, you know, speak with you again and, and some of the others on your team and kind of talk about some different parts of the business. So uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate the intro. Uh, where, where could people learn more about uh, Men and Beyond? So they can go to our website, uh, www.menandbeyond.com, and uh, we have a lot of information there. And uh, yeah, okay, can, uh, any questions they have, we have a customer support team and uh, always happy to help and answer questions if anyone has any issues or concerns or, or wants to know more about the service, we're available 24 seven to answer. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and all the best of luck to, to you and your team and look forward to, to having you and, and others on in the near future. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was a pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of services and solutions to power the future of healthcare. Through their platform, healthcare professionals and organizations can enter, upload, and share core credentialing documents and information. Professionals and organizations then have the opportunity to use that information to order multiple services and solutions like credentialing, state license registration, certifications, payer enrollment, renewals, and more. On average, the Block Health platform saves users 40 to 60% on credentialing and licensing related costs. Organizations can use Block Health as an extension of their team or as their whole licensing and credentialing team. Today, Block Health works with some of the top healthcare organizations. To learn more about Block Health, please visit www.blockhealth.com. That's B L O C H E A L T H.com and follow them on their social channels at Block Health. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to 
check out more of our podcasts. We're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.